Okay, welcome to another Jesus Rant. Pastor Tom Carter, Word Without Walls Ministry. This is season two, guys. We made it through a whole year. 52 episodes in the can. And I just want to open up season two the way I usually close just about every episode by thanking you for your support. Um, it's really, it really blows me away that we've been doing this for a whole year. Thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for helping me get the word out. All that good stuff. Okay, so let's jump into it. Season 2, Episode 1, Genesis. And last year, we started with the beginning and we ended with the end. So this year, this season, Season 2, we're going to start with Genesis and we're going to end with Revelation. But what I want to do in light of that idea is... I want to talk about what a Genesis is and more importantly, what our Genesis is. And this is a little bit like the first episode we ever did when we talked about the beginning and we talked about how the, you know, the beginning of what, and it's the beginning of the story, the beginning of our story, the beginning of history or his story, Jesus's story, because I believe this whole human experience that we have is really just learning about Jesus's story and about finding our place in it. Who we really are is who we are in Christ, which is who Christ is in us. And when we learn who Christ is, we learn who we are, because that's who Jesus is. He's God in the flesh, love in a body. God in our flesh, love in our body. But the way I want to start this today, dictionary.com defines the word Genesis as an origin, creation, or beginning. That's where you have to start, right? You have to, God knows the end from the beginning, but God starts at the beginning. And we're going to look at that uh, in two passages of scripture, and then I'm going to uh, use uh, kind of a a litany of other verses to hopefully tie together what I'm trying to say here today, which is what you were in the beginning is what you are. It's what you were supposed to be. God didn't make you on accident and then have to change you to something different. God made you just the way he wanted you. And the problem is, is that as we're going to see, in the beginning, it was dark, and we couldn't see who we were because we couldn't see who he was. So really, the the beginning of the of 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 our story, the beginning of when things get real for us and get exciting for us, the beginning of being able to experience this abundant, everlasting, eternal resurrection life of God, the beginning is the light. The creation is when when the the light of the world began to shine and we could see the finished work that God had created. So let me read Genesis verses 1 through 5 and we'll really start to get into this. Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 it reads In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And again I always kind of define that as that's you. The heaven is the mind and the earth is the body. In, in the beginning of your story God created you. This is your 
Genesis, your origin, your creation, your beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. That was the problem. But even then, it says, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Even when we couldn't see Him, He was there. Even when we can't see Him in our lives today, He's there. The Bible says in another place that Jesus swore he would never leave you nor forsake you. Okay? Uh, I heard one preacher say it like this. He said, God is a stalker. He said, God's like Forrest Gump. And no matter how badly Jenny mistreated Forrest Gump, Forrest never gave up on her. Because, as he said, I am not a smart man, but I know what love is. And love is not about what you get from somebody. Love is about what you can give to somebody. Because love is never about getting, because love is giving, right? You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. So what we see here is that God created us. This is our Genesis story. This is our origin story. In the beginning, God created us, but we were formless and empty. Darkness covered the deep waters. And look, I love that because even then there was still something deep there. There was still something inside of us you know, really bursting at the seams, wanting to come out. But it was so dark that we didn't, we couldn't do anything with what we had because we didn't know what we had. There was deep water and, 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 but the problem was, is that darkness covered it. But the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. He was with us right from the jump. He always has been and he always will be. And even when we feel like you know, uh, when we when we feel like there's separation between us and God, which there never is, um, even then, like the prodigal son, we can turn back and we can go back to Father's house and he will run out to us and embrace us and welcome us home. So you never have to feel like I need a different origin. You never have to feel like I need to change into something that I'm not. You need to understand that you are... God's beloved son in whom he is well pleased. Jesus is your true identity. God in the flesh, love in a body. God in our flesh, love in our body. And see, here's the best part. Uh, the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then in verse three of Genesis chapter one, it says, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. The problem was we were dark and void and without form. The solution was God said, let there be light. And in that moment, he didn't change who we were. In that moment, he shined the light of the world to show us who we are. And he showed us who we are by showing us who he is. When you find your identity in Christ, that's when you find your true identity. When you understand, again, that you are God's beloved son in whom he is well pleased, then you can stop trying to be somebody you're not, and you can embrace who you are, and you can start to experience that, again, everlasting, eternal, abundant, resurrection life of God, that, that, that life that is the gift of God, that life that is a life of love. When God shines his light, we see things clearly. We see the divine order of things. We see God in everything. We see the love 
of God, the love that is God. God is love. When his light shines, we see his love in every situation. And most importantly, we see it in us. We love because he first loved us. God fills us up with that love. And then we can fill ourselves to overflowing with that love by receiving it and releasing it. And we release it by receiving it. You don't have to to force the love out of you. You just fill yourself up with it until you can't contain it. And then it bursts out of you naturally. And that's what's so cool about it is it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. It's about who God is and about what God has done. He loves you. And that's why you can love him back by loving the people that you come into contact with. So let's look at this another way in John chapter one. And I want to read verses one through 14. And it reads, it's very similar to, uh, to our account in Genesis. It reads, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. This is talking about Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. When God speaks, he says, let there be light. When God speaks, he says, Jesus. So it says in verse two, he existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. So again, what we see here is in the origin story, the creation story, the beginning of the story in, in the Genesis, it was dark and then light came. The word gave life and his life brought light to everyone. When Jesus injected himself into that situation, into the, the, the dark and formless heaven and earth, again, mind and body, again, us, when Jesus shined his light onto us and into us and, and, and now shines his light out of us, through us, that's when our story really, really started. That's when, again, you can stop trying to be somebody you're not in order to get something you think you haven't got because love is never about getting, but instead you can simply give what you've got and in that way experience what you've got because love is giving. So it goes on in verse 6 of John chapter 1, and the New Living Translation says, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. And they put that in there because, especially at that time, uh, a lot of people thought John the Baptist was Jesus. And it was his, he was Jesus's cousin and he was making the way for Jesus, but he wasn't uh, the Messiah. He was simply uh, the, the preacher or the prophet telling about the coming Messiah. So that's, that's why they added that in. It says, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. When the light shines, 
you see Jesus. And when the light shines, you see Jesus in the mirror. One of my favorite things to preach about is is that the passage about the mirror where it talks about how when we look into the mirror, we see the glory of God and we are changed into that same image from glory to glory, not from garbage to glory. We don't start bad and need to turn good. That's the whole outdated idea of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the same fig tree that Jesus cursed because it couldn't produce any fruit, the same tree that God warned Adam and Eve not to eat from. God doesn't want us always concerned with uh, good and evil and trying to do good and trying not to do evil. That's too much trying. God wants us to live naturally uh, from, from, from the inside out. He wants what he has planted inside of us to come out of us. He wants us to see who we really are so we can stop trying to be somebody we're not. And again, when, when, when the light shines, that's what we see. We see the sun, S-U-N and S-O-N. We have seen uh, his glory when the light shines, and it's full of unfailing love and faithfulness. So again, there's a connection here between the light, life, and love. Those, to me, are the three L's that define God uh, uh, pretty well. God is light. God is life. God is love. So, again, that to me, this is our genesis. This is our origin. This is our creation. This is our beginning. It's the light that shines into the darkness. It's the light that gives, uh, it's his, what did it say? Let's look back again. It says, uh, God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. So the life of God is the light of God. It's the light of love. The light of life is God's love. It's all connected. It's all the same. It's all different pictures of the same thing. So let's look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. And it reads, This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. This is important because... This is the reason that we can say Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no darkness in him. He's only light. This is why we can say all the promises in Jesus are yea and amen. This is why we can trust the word of God. This is why the Bible says, you know, let, let God be true and every man a liar. This is why, this is, uh, this is where our faith really can come from, because we understand that it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. God is never going to use scare tactics. God is never going to use um, meanness or, or evil. God does not use evil to perfect us. Now, let me say this. The Bible does say all things work together for good. So you may think it's evil and it's really not. And I believe it was Joseph who told his brothers, you meant this for evil, but God used it for good. So just because our human perception of something, we think it's bad, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. And it may feel uncomfortable for a time, but that's that's called growing pains. That's called learning and growing. It's Life is not always 
you know, uh, rose colored glasses and, and, and a magic carpet that will whisk you to from one place to the next. A lot of times in our life, we have to go through things so that we can learn and grow. And, and, and I believe there are two reasons we go through things. We go through it so we can gain experience from it so we can learn and grow. And then also because when somebody else goes through that same thing or a similar thing, we can help them because we've already been through it. We can use that experience for the benefit of others. We can give, which again, that's what love is. So the message we heard from Jesus and now declare unto you, God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. And I just want to make absolute positive sure we know what we're talking about. So I added 1 John 3.11, which echoes 1 John 1.5 and says, this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. When we're talking about God being light, we're talking about those three L's, light, life, and love. God is light. God is life. God is love. If there's no darkness in him at all, that means there's nothing but love in him at all. God doesn't just love. God is love. That's not just what he does. That's who he is. And the same message that we heard from Jesus, the same message that says God is light and there's no darkness in him at all, is the message that says we should love one another. And again, when you understand that you're being changed from glory to glory and not from garbage to glory, when you understand that the light is your origin or your creation or your beginning, that when the light, listen, like it, it it's really like having a revelation, you know, when, when, when the light bulb flips on and you're like, like, Oh, like you get it. Like something clicks and it all makes sense. That's what God's love is. When we understand God's love for us, everything else starts to make sense. When we understand God's love for us, we can understand why we've been through some of the things we've been through. And some of us have been through a lot and that can be hard. It can be hard to get past the things that we've been through especially if we continue to hold on to them and especially if we let those things like okay so like like i read a lot of comics and and there's always a secret origin and the good guys have their secret origins but the villains also have their secret origins and a lot of times when we hold on to these bad things that happen to us it's almost like we're creating our own supervillain origin like we're 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 giving an excuse for uh, well, I, I, I can do these mean, selfish things because mean, selfish things were done to me. But I believe that some of the kindest people in the world are people who have had cruelty done unto them and people who don't want anybody else to experience that. You take what happened to you and you learn from it and you learn to do better. When, when, when you can learn from your mistakes, then your mistakes are valuable. When you can learn to break cycles, when you can learn to, okay, that I didn't like how that felt, so I'm not going to do that because I don't want anybody to feel like that. If you've ever been cheated on, you know how horrible that is. And it's like you you don't like you can't even fathom cheating on somebody and making them feel that same way. So you learn from that. The experience did not feel good, and it probably, you know, you probably viewed it as evil, but when the light shines, you can see. This is making me stronger. This is putting me in a position God wants me to be in. This is giving me the tools that I need to experience this life in the way that God wants me to experience it. We, we, we take the good 
from every situation. And, and in that way, we don't judge situations according to appearance, but we judge righteous judgment. We pull the good, we pull the love from any situation that we're in so that we can shine that same light of love that's in us. We can shine it out of us. So the message that we've heard that God is light, the message that we've heard is that we should love one another. And then John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So again, there's a connection between light and life. Those three L's again, the light of love. I'm, I'm sorry, the light of God's life is love. Our origin is love. When we are full of love, we shine the light. And that's how we live. But Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus said, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. It's the same light. The same light that Jesus is, is the same light that we are. The same light that God is, is the same light that we are. So if God is light and there's no darkness in, in him at all, that means we are light and there's no darkness in us at all. And when you understand that there's no darkness in you, that's when you can stop stumbling around in the darkness. That's when you can start shining your light and watching the darkness flee. When God arises, his enemies are scattered. When the light shines, the darkness flees. If you're in a dark room and you turn the light on, you're not in a dark room anymore. If you're a sinner saved by grace, you've been saved and you're not a sinner anymore. You're, you're, you're now a saint or a son. And again, this is such a, a, a radical mind shift for so many, you know, traditional religious folk where they still talk about, um, oh, I'm just a sinner. You know, hey, why'd you do that? I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just trying to do the best I can. If I mess up, well, you know, that's just human nature. Okay, but there's a more excellent way, and it's called the DNA of our Father, the divine nature of the Almighty. We don't need excuses. We don't need to excuse our behavior, because when you understand God's love, when you understand God's mercy, and when you understand God's grace, then you won't even have an appetite for doing those things that you need forgiveness for. If you love somebody, you're not going to hurt them, okay? I love my son so much that I would hurt myself before I would hurt him, right? Like, like the, I, I can't think of any reason ever to to do him wrong or, or do him dirty or lie to him. Or, uh, you know, I, I honestly, I don't even want to punish my son ever. I want to chasten him and correct him, okay, like any good father would. I want to teach him. I want to train him up in the way he should go. But that doesn't have anything to do with punishing him. And God, in the same way, is not in the punishment business. Okay? God has forgiven our sins. He has taken our sins away from us. He, and he's put them as far as the east is from the west. God is not concerned with your sin. I wrote a whole book about the sin issue and about sin consciousness and about how the only people that care about sin are ourselves and other people. God doesn't care about it. He took care of it. He fixed that problem. And now what we need to do is we need to be able to let go of the same thing that God took away from us. I'm telling you, if you're holding on to things uh, in your past 
if or, or if you're holding on to things you've done or things other people have done to you, then you're sabotaging yourself. You're hurting yourself. Forgiveness is like unlocking the jail cell, right? And then and then finding out that you were the one in prison, okay? Because a lot of times people don't even know they've wronged you, and even if they do know they've wronged you, if they don't apologize for it, they they're not worried about it. But if you're holding on to that and you're holding on to that bitterness and that anger and that resentment, you're not you're not helping them. And really, you're not hurting them. You're just hurting yourself. So forgiveness is as much about you being OK and you being to move on as it is about absolving anybody else from any guilt they may or may not feel. You don't forgive people because they deserve it. You forgive people because you deserve peace of mind. Because you deserve to be happy. Because you deserve to be able to move on with your life. So stop holding on to things. Stop stumbling around in the dark. Um, stop fighting this life so hard. The only fight we're supposed to have in, in, in the New Covenant, in the New Testament of the Bible, is the good fight of faith, which is laying hold of the gift we've been given. That doesn't mean getting the gift, because it's something we've already been given. Laying hold of it simply means receiving it. Laying hold of it simply means using what we've been given, experiencing what we've been given. And since the gift of God is his life, which is his light, which is his love, we experience it by giving it away. We experience this life that we've been given best by sharing it with other people. No man is an island, right? It's not good that man should be alone. We are social creatures by nature. And, and I can say that as somebody who's not very social, uh, if I was alone all the time, I would probably go crazy too. We really, really do need each other. We need these relationships. We need these connections. We need this love because the deep in me, remember we talked about the deep waters in the very beginning, the, the deep in me calls out to the deep in you, the light in me connects with the light in you. And when it's the light connecting to the light, then we don't have to worry about a lot of this other stuff, this 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 petty stuff that that we let divide us so easily. We don't we can disagree and still fellowship. OK, we can find common ground somewhere. And, and normally that common ground is at the foot of the cross where the ground is level, where, you know, the, the Bible says if. If you've broken any part of the law, you've broken the whole law. And, and where the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then where it says the law was given to shut up every mouth so that Jesus could come in and we would have no excuse. But we would be able to say, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. And Jesus would say, I am here. I am your savior. I am the light of the world shining into your life to show you that you are the light of the world, that you're not a sinner. I've taken your sin away. I've dealt with it. I've forgiven you and, and, and it's over. And, and that part is over and done with. You don't have to struggle with sin. You don't have to struggle with an identity crisis. You don't have to struggle with not knowing who you are or thinking you don't have what you need. You can just simply learn about who you truly are by learning about who Jesus is in you, Christ in you, the hope of revealed glory, you are the spout where the glory comes out. You are the face of an invisible God. Jesus living in you, not following in his footsteps, but letting him make his own footsteps in your feet. That's when, okay, so 
it's like this idea of, of adoption in the Bible is really big. And, and I might talk about this next week. We'll see. But, but really the, the term adoption, it means being set as a son. It means being entrusted with the family name and the family business. And that's what God wants from all his children. He wants us to carry his name, which again, God is love. His name or his nature is love. God wants us to carry his love out into the world so that people will know him, so that people will know what he's about, so people that will be people will be able to experience his love. And you don't have to shove Jesus down people's throats. You just have to love him. I say this all the time, but some of the best conversations I've ever had about Jesus, I've never used that word once. We just talked about the nature of love. We just talked about what it means to love one another. So let me give my closing verse for this week, 1 John chapter 2, verse 10. And I'm reading it in the King James. It says, He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. When we're talking about the Genesis or our origin or beginning, if we're talking about the creation and why we were created, to me it's that simple. We love our brothers, and in that way, we abide in the light. We walk in the light of God's love, and we shine it on others so they can walk in that same light. We share the light. We shine the light. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And that's how, that's where we start, okay? That's the genesis. It starts with let there be light. It starts with knowing what's inside of you and filling yourself to overflowing with what's inside of you so that it can come out of you naturally and you can experience it by helping others experience it. So I hope that made sense as far as beginning or Genesis goes. Um, Once again, welcome to season two. Thank you for helping us get to season two. And uh, we, we're just going to keep on rolling. We're just going to keep on keeping on. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Okay, well, if you enjoyed that, I want to invite you to check out my website, jesusrant.com. You can get my daily rants on there. You can uh, get the my books that are written on there. They're also on Amazon. I have an author's page on Amazon. Um, I've written a lot of books. I'm pretty proud of them. You can order them. I try to keep them cheap because I don't like to pay a lot of money for books. And I don't think people should have to pay a lot of money for mine. So check that out. Um, If you want to support the podcast itself, you can find it on anchor.fm. If you just search for Jesus Rant, Um, you can support it monetarily. You can support it by uh, liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it. And you you can support it. Excuse me by word of mouth, by telling people about it, uh, helping other people listen, find it and listen to it. And uh, thank you once again, as always, for spending your time to listen to it, to uh, to help me to get the word out, which, you know, as we know by now is, is my heart, is just getting this word out, Word Without Walls Ministry. Um, so just thank you for your support. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Amen.